Yodeling, hee hoo. Have you watched the Yodeling Kid? Uh, I think is he really good at yodeling? Yeah, and he like yodels in Walmart and shit, and he's like a big <laughs> yeah. deal for a while. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm just like fucking show off. <laughs> yeah, I know. I thought he was precious. I just thought it was adorable. No, he was cute, but I'm just like, <laughs> right. I'm just like, you would be good at yodeling, you little... Want it where you got it, I guess. I guess. If yodeling is where you got it, like, it's not exactly... I don't know why I feel a lot of, You like... weren't exactly gifted there, like, it was just... <laughs> I know, it's not, like, a ton to brag about or anything. Right, like... But I don't sure. know why I feel, like, aggression toward this child, but I do. I don't know why you do either. I don't either, but I just... I kind of got annoyed when you fir- when you mentioned it. Like, I annoyed at the thought of him. I'm like, ugh... That makes me sad. He makes me laugh. I know. That's stupid. I'm sorry, yodeling boy. Well, uh, that girl over there who's annoyed with the uh, yodeling (laughs) boy is Becky. And yodel lover is over there is Rachel. (laughs) This is Chardonnay and DNA. Except today I am drinking a beer because I'm a frat boy. Oh my God. Guess what, though? Guess Hmm. what? Hmm. It's wine. Oh, it is. You're all about that shit all about that shit i have one making in the freezer right now oh very nice yeah we need to we need to get drunk soon on wine slushies in the pool oh yeah even better i'll play pool pong oh yeah we did that last year that was a good time yes yes please soon i haven't opened my pool yet because i'm a lazy bitch but i mean cold yeah it really hasn't been good pool weather anyways so don't blame you and then when we do get pool weather it's like one day in between the 50 degree days yeah but then but don't you worry I'm I'm reckoning about uh by the 16th of this month it's going to be a sweltering hellhole. It's going to feel like Satan's butt crack. And you know what? I'm going to be floating outside basking in Satan's butt. That's asshole. that's the only way to do it. Yeah, I'm not I'm not mad at it. Um all right, what's your icebreaker for me today? Um it is what would your she shed look like? Ooh. Like, what would it have in there? What color would the walls be? Would it have walls? Would it have a roof? Would it not? Like, what? how's it going to look in there? All right. So I alternate wildly with this one. Okay. Like, based on your mood, kind of? like Yes. Yeah. If I'm feeling, like, uh, dark and gothic or if I'm feeling, like, cottage witch. Okay. So I totally, <laughs> I totally pictured a very dark and witchy um, yeah. place for you. Like, I mean, it's it's witchy regardless, don't get me wrong, but, like, sometimes it's, like, dark and witchy, and sometimes it's, like, cottagecore witchy. It okay. just kind of depends on how I'm feeling. So, like... I'm um, just picturing a giant cauldron in the middle. <laughs> oh, that would be amazing. That, like, you just do... I don't know what you do in that cauldron, but you do something in it. Oh, my God. Like, maybe you bathe in it. Like, maybe it's, like, a hot tub, but it's a cauldron. That'd be very warm. Mm-hmm. Um... Any oh the smells that could come out of that with like all the essential oils. Oh yeah, definitely smells like patchouli. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I fucking love the smell of patchouli. Uh, th- that was one of the first <laughs> first experiences I had with you in my vehicle. Oh yeah, I opened your car and I was like, "What the fuck is that smell? It's so it smells so good." And you're like, "It's knockoff was- Tom Ford," and I'm like, "My girl." Yeah, it was perfect. It was a perfect moment That's when we knew we were going to be friends. <laughs> yeah. That and when uh, looking for <laughs> pussy came on, and then we saw the uh, the white people shit car. So <laughs> no, that's what I was just thinking of. Oh my god! Wait, I have to tell that story. Have I told this story on the podcast? I, I don't... think we have. Oh, I think we have, but it's I, so funny. I think we have too. But I just have to revisit it because it was yeah. so fucking funny. I legit didn't know what kind of person you were. Like I knew I yeah. liked you, but I did not know if and the the context is important. I did not know. If you were one of those like, um, like psycho Christmas people, basically, and I love, I do, I know, I know, and you're so not, and I do, (laughs) I do love Christmas. Like, I think, I think decorating for Christmas is fun. It's always been a very like positive time in my in like my family. Like, so I think it's cool. But you and I were like working together one day, like before we actually worked in the same organization. We were just like together, and I. We drove past a fuck. I want to say it may have even been a minivan. I don't know. I'm pretty sure it was a minivan. It was some kind of minivan or like very minivan esque SUV. And it had those goddamn fucking car antlers and a car Rudolph nose. Yes. And 
without really knowing much about who you are as a person, I was just like, that's some white people shit. And I, I regretted it instantly, but I'm so <laughs> glad, but I knew, I, but like, I ended up not needing to regret it. No, but I was like, oh my God, what if she thinks I'm a racist? Like, what if it came off that way? Or like, what if she thinks that I hate like white people, even though I am one and I, and I do, let's be honest. I mean, yeah, same, <laughs> but like, I'm just yeah. like, what if she like loves Christmas and thinks that's really cute? And I just made oh. it and I just looked like such an asshole. But then you burst out laughing and everything was fine. Our friendship was solidified in that moment. Oh, my and God. I'm pretty sure it was the same car episode that Dr. Hook's looking for pussy came on my fucking radio. Oh, yeah. And I yeah. was like so embarrassed that that song came on. And I was like, uh, uh. <laughs> oh, no, I think this all happened. I think all of this that I'm that we're talking about right now happened at the same time. I really think so. Uh, <laughs> and I pulled like a full <laughs> Tina Belcher, like, uh. <laughs> no, that's what I did when I said when I said that's some white. Pe- I think I said that's yeah. some fucking white people shit. That's exactly what you said because it was the greatest moment. It was so involuntary, like it just it spilled out of my yeah. mouth. Yeah, it was perfect. That's when I knew we were going to be friends. And I like I was so I was like, oh, fuck. I was like, we're like doing work right now. Like, what if she thinks I'm unprofessional? What if she like, I don't know. I but everything was fine. It was good. In fact, it was great. And here we are. Here we are now. Drinking beer on a podcast. Yeah. Cheers. Yes. Um, Anyway, what? Okay, what would your she shed look like? Right. So the first one is like really dark, dark, dark gray, almost black, like wood siding. Okay. Um, looks kind of rustic-y, but like that creepy cottage witch look, you okay. know? Mm-hmm. Um, probably like a little chimney stack uh, in the back, because I would definitely have a fireplace in this one. Um, a cauldron fireplace. With a cauldron, yes. Um, and then it would just be full with lots of like jars of specimens, because um, I just think that'd be really cool. And Ew, um, like what? What do you mean specimens? Like, like in formaldehyde. Like, like semen? Uh, no, ew. Semen like, jars? Um, ew, well. I'm I calling mean, you that from now on. Semen you know jars. what, though? If I could use it in a spell, I would. Um, no. Like, uh, <laughs> you know how, like, they put, like, a fetal pigs is the first fucking thing that came to mind, but I would cry <laughs> over a fetal pig, so it would never be a fetal pig. <laughs> but you know what I mean? Fuck? Like, like something you'd see in, like, Mutter's Museum would be cool as fuck. No, no, I'm picturing, like, yeah, like, all this shit on the shelves in Hocus Pocus. Yes, yeah, yes. That's exactly it. And then, like, old Victorian furniture. Really fucking tits. Wait, what did you call it? Specimen? What did you call it? Yeah, like, what, like, they're, they're called wet specimens. <laughs> and it awful. So, so's your mom. Just kidding. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, that, like, like, that's what they'd be called, so. That's, okay, yeah. Um, I, like I, yeah. All right, I'm just, I'm just gross. That's all. And I, yeah. I feel like that would there be a lot of leather bound books? Yes, and I feel smell like, of rich mahogany. Yeah, I feel like there'd be a lot of leather bound books in there. Probably a lot, yeah. like just a lot of critters, like cats and shit, and like dogs right. of all sorts. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yes. Exactly. And then the cottage one, like the cottage, which one would be like a lot of dried hanging herbs. It'd be white with lots of windows, like the exact polar opposite of what I'm describing in the other picture. I mean, I think the exact polar opposite would be like a rainbow fairy castle. I just think of like white, like like oh. white and like big open windows and airy and like like I said, like dried flowers and like hanging herbs and like more more hippie witch. Yes. If you look up cottage core, yes, that's I know exactly I, what I mean. Yeah. Okay. Okay, yeah. I could see that. So like what which one would you be in today? Um It's dreary out, so probably the other one. The dark one, the dark Halloween yeah. one. Okay. Yeah. What um would yours be? So mine. Well, wait, real quick, though. I need to clarify something. What would be, like, what are your activities in your she shed? Like, do you have, like, um, like, what are you doing in there? Reading. Uh, making potions? Making potions. Okay. Really just reading most of the time away from everybody. Probably sleeping a lot. Okay. Um, I imagine it's there's lots of crystals in both of those places. Yes, everywhere. Everywhere. Okay. okay. Yep. Yeah. All right. Um, that's cool. I like that. 
Um, mine, mine would be very dimly lit because I don't like bright lights. Um, so it'd be very dimly lit. It would be, um, it would be like, I actually think it would be kind of like a little tiny home. Okay. Because I kind of like the idea of like just being somewhere cozy when I want to be alone, like by myself. So it would. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I think it would be, um, yeah, so very dim, also lots of crystals and a lot of yoga shit just everywhere. It would be a place where I can go, like, balance my chakras and shit, get right with myself, get back in my yeah. spirit, lots of books. Um, It would be very fucking quiet. Like, no one talks in there. I don't even talk in there. Yeah, okay. I like it. It would be, yeah, very quiet. Um, maybe some gentle, like, music in the background, but I really want it to be a pretty, like, just a space where not a lot of noise happens, because I don't really like a lot of noise. Yeah, no, that makes sense. It smells like, it smells like vanilla and almost like kind of vanilla and patchouli, actually, like, kind of earthy, but kind of sweet. Okay. Um... There is something delicious to snack on at all times, like, like fudgy brownies. Oh, okay. Yeah. Is it like a mini fridge so we can also have milk? Oh, yeah. There's a mini fridge stocked with everything that you want at all times. Okay. Yeah, I'm on board. Um, And there is a giant, like almost the whole like little tiny home she shed is taken up by a giant jacuzzi tub. I love it. I love it. That sounds ideal. That sounds really relaxing. Right? Yeah. That's I what like I it. want. And I want a, a plush, cozy, like twin bed is even fine. It's a small space. I can deal yeah, with yeah. it. But I want it to be plush and cozy. I want my kitties to be there. And I want it to be the exact perfect temperature. And I want there to be a nonstop supply of wine and coffee. And fizzy water. I like it. Right? Yeah. Right. It's like a little oasis. Absolutely. Yeah. Stocked with books. Yes. Oh, man. Take me there, baby. Please. I'd live there, honestly. I don't even need it to be a she shed. Like, I just, like. Like, that can just be my. This is my permanent abode. Yeah. Like, that's just where you can find me always and forever. Goodbye. Yeah. I'm, I'm 100% down for that. Cool. Well. Yeah. That was good. I like both of our she sheds. Yeah, I like it. All three, technically. All three. Yes, your yeah. your summer and your winter. She yeah. Shed. Yes. Exactly. <laughs> my my depending on my mood, she sheds. Yes, oh. summer and winter of the mind, if you will. Yeah. I mean, to be fair, though, I did have a home that was like literally a Halloween home. Like my walls were painted blood red, and like my fucking trim was black, and there were skulls, and I had a fountain that literally like spit blood. So I've already had that at one point in my life, so I should probably go with the nice, like, cozy cottage one. No, nah, you don't have to. It's your aesthetic. Do yeah, you? fair. Fair. Um, all right. Any updates or anything? Um, I have just a small update. Um, it's it's really not it's really not like updating anything information wise, but I do think it's really cool. Um yeah. what's today? Thursday. So yesterday there was a um like a rally. It's like this. Um, rally of advocates for Purvis Pain. It's called the Free Purvis Pain Coalition. Um, in Memphis yesterday, they were just holding this big gathering and they told a local news channel that they will fight for justice until he's back home with his family. Okay. So I thought that was really cool. And it just happened um, yesterday. It, I was found this article on the local it's localmemphis.com it's like their local uh like abc news station so i thought that was really neat yeah no that's that's really cool yeah like there's still there's momentum out there and right something's yep they're still fighting yeah Yeah. so keep signing those petitions go to innocence project or you can go to purvispain.com.com dot org or dot org oh, let me, uh, i don't remember i mean i just want to make sure i think you're i yeah. think you're right i think it's dot org um but that will take you do 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 let me make sure so i'm not talking out my ass do, 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 do. 
Um, yes, it's purvispain.org. That will take you to his page on the Innocence Project where you can uh, sign that petition. You can also um, Google the change.org Purvis Pain petition. Um, but just keep signing and keep supporting that cause because we still don't know what's happening yet. Yes, absolutely. Um, but yeah, I'm super glad that like the locals uh, are in Tennessee are like supporting that. So yeah, good cool. stuff. All right. I have no updates. Okay. But I do have a tale for you. Tell me a story. Um, my resource is mostly Wikipedia for this. Okay. Um, and the Atlas Obscura website. Oh, yeah, yeah. That's a good one. So um, that's how I found it. So. Uh, studying medicine, especially in the early 19th century, wasn't exactly easy. And science was still being developed. And in order to fully understand the body and its anatomy, anatomy teachers needed bodies and lots of them to dissect and study. And I'm going to fuck this up. Edinburgh, Edinburgh, and it's spelled Edinburgh, but I know they say it Edinburgh and I'm not Scottish. So I don't know what to tell you there. You're um, not. No, maybe I am. I don't know. I have to look take that off of thing. your dating profile, Rachel. Stop everyone. Lying. Everyone. I'm Scottish. Stop um, lying about being Scottish. You no, know, right. How fucking dare I? <laughs> um, yeah. You lass. You're not even a lass. I'm not even a but, but I would listen to a Scottish person talk all day. Oh, lass. Um, yeah. That's all I can say. Um, so Edinburgh, there were several pioneering anatomy teachers who helped to develop anatomy into the modern science that we know. Because of this, Edinburgh became one of the leading Europe, one of the leading European hubs of anatomical study. Um, without their work, surgery on the body would just not be possible, like how we know it today. But there were some really fucking shady ways that they did their studies. Mm, this uh, was probably before informed consent. Oh, oh yes. And this was like 1800. So um, they needed bodies to dissect. Oh, and, and they got oh, them, didn't they? they? And they got them in some real sketchy fucking ways. Scottish law stated that the only suitable corpses to dissect were those who had died in prison, by suicide, or the bodies of foundlings and orphans. So foundlings were like babies that were left like convents or on the street. Or like Mm -hmm. children that were left on the street. So, you know, still fucked up. Um, The legal supply... Okay, I have to to clarify like... Were yeah. they were already dead? They were dead. Yeah, like they died. Okay, like in an orphanage or at the okay. convent, or like were found dead. Okay. Um, the legal supply of corpses was clearly not going to fill the demand of the doctors hard at work studying the human body, and so a new trade came into play. From this, resurrection men emerge, so <laughs> grave robbers. But they called them. They were more than just grave robbers. Uh. And this wasn't just in Scotland. This happened all over the world. It happened in the United States. It happened in England. It happened just just everywhere because there was a need for cadavers. Um, Freshly buried bodies would be dug up and sold to medical schools and doctors that were studying anatomy. There were many techniques used to stop this trade. Guards were hired to watch graves until the bodies were considered no longer viable for dissection. Families would watch over graves and take turns to make sure their loved ones weren't dug up until the body was rotted enough they wouldn't want it anymore. Um, Watchtowers were built in cemeteries. These expensive stone slabs were placed over graves for a short period of time until the body was far too ripe for picking. It was also, this is, this is, blows my fucking mind. It was not considered a criminal offense to take a body. Because they're already dead. Because the body didn't technically belong to anyone. Oh my god. What was an offense (laughs) was disturbing the grave and stealing property from the body. Oh. Okay, so like you can't, you can take the body but not like the watch it's wearing? Yeah, so literally people (laughs) would dig the bodies out, toss the jewelry back into the grave, and just take the body. And they wouldn't have been guilty. Well, I guess they still would have been guilty of disrupting the grave. But less of an offense than stealing. Yeah. Wow. But also, like, if you're going in that deep, homie, just fucking do it. Like, just take the jewels at that point. You well, know? Like, yeah, it's like, 
you're taking the body. <laughs> yeah, like at this point, like I realize that's not an offense, but you already dug it up. Just take the fucking watch. Like, I mean, yeah, they're not using it. <laughs> yeah. It's not um, telling them the time. <laughs> right. So it left this weird legal gray area. Mm-hmm. Um, bodies went for around $7 a seven dollars seven pounds sorry this is in england and i am fucking up the currency seven pounds in the summer months because of warm weather and decomposition and 10 pounds in the winter because it would help you know preserved yeah yes robert knox was one of the doctors in edinburgh who was actively studying anatomy he had qualified as a doctor in 1814 he was blind in one eye and badly disfigured after contracting smallpox as a child. He served as an army. Yeah, I don't know. I'm just, just I'm, I'm just picturing Mad Eye Moody. Yes, honestly, that's what I thought of too. And I was just like, wow, what the fuck? Or just some like weird mad scientist? Yeah. Look, yeah. So, um, he served as an army physician for several years before he became a fellow of the Royal College of Surgeons of Edinburgh in 1825 after settling in his hometown. He lectured on anatomy and he did dissections twice a day, promising a full demonstration on fresh anatomical subjects for every course lecture he gave. His lessons would draw over 400 pupils. Obviously, Dr. Knox Knox needed like tons of cadavers for his lectures. Two a day? Like, that's nuts. Yeah. So, in Waltz, the stars of our story, William Burke and William Hare. William Burke was born to a middle class family. William Burke is a douchebag name. Let me put that out there. They're both douchebag names. What's the other one? Hare? Hare. What's the first name? William. Oh. The Willies. (laughs) Two Willies. Okay. Yeah. I can make so many jokes. Uh, Yeah, total dicks. Um, (laughs) (laughs) He was born to a middle class family in Yearney County, Tyrone, Ireland, and had. Sorry, I lost my place. Oh, he had a comfortable upbringing. He and his brother Constantine joined the British Army as teenagers and served in the Donegal militia until he met his wife and settled in County Mayo. The marriage was short due to an argument with his father-in-law over land ownership. So he just up and left his wife and family. Like, fuck it, I'm out. Mm -hmm. And he moved to Scotland. And he became a laborer working on the Union Canal. He met his second wife, Helen, who he lovingly called Nellie. And they became hawkers and sold secondhand clothing. Then he became a cobbler and made upwards of one pound a week, which I guess was a fairly decent wage. Um... He was a religious man, and he was active in the Presbyterian meetings in his town, and he was rarely seen without a Bible, which none of this makes any fucking sense as to how he went down this road later on. Hmm. Uh, William Hare was born in Ireland, and his age and year of birth are unknown. He told officials he was 21 when he was arrested in 1828, but other sources vary on his age. There's also not much information about his earlier life. He worked on the Union Canal for seven years before he moved to Edinburgh and worked as a Coleman's assistant. He lived at Tanner's Close in a boarding house owned by a man named Logue. It's, I'm saying that wrong because it's Scottish. Uh, and his wife, Margaret. When Logue died, it said that Hare married Margaret. He just like slid on in there. It was just like, oh. um, He was described as illiterate, uncouth, a lean, quarrelsome, violent, and immoral character. Um, so how Same. he met Burke, I mean, yeah, true. <laughs> Same. Uh, Burke and Hare met and became friends when they worked on a harvest together. And Burke and his wife, Nellie, ended up moving into the lodging house that Hare now owned with Margaret shortly after. The couples became known for hard drinking and their boisterous behavior among the townspeople. So pretty much they just straight fucking partied all the time. Mm-hmm. Uh, on November 29th, 1827, a lodger in Hare's house had become ill and died from dropsy shortly before paying his rent. Hare was upset over his financial loss because, you know, instead of the fact that bro was dead, he was crying that he didn't get his money. <laughs> he was owed four pounds. And he whined to Burke about it. Burke suggested that they sell Donald's body to one of the local anatomists to try and turn a profit. 
the local parish had provided to pro- planned to provide a burial for the man who had died, known as Donald, and a local carpenter brought a coffin for the body. When he left, the two men removed the body and filled the coffin with heavy bark and resealed it. The day the coffin was removed for burial, they snuck the corpse to Edinburgh University and searched for a purchaser. Originally, they looked for someone named Professor Monroe. Remember Mm. his name. Okay. But they were sent to Dr. Knox and his junior associates. Eventually, Knox offered them seven pounds, ten shilling for the body. Hare took five pounds, five pounds, five shillings to make up for the rent that he was owed. And Burke took the remainder. It's said that Knox's assistants stated that they would be glad to see them again when they had another to dispose of. Hmm. At that point, all Burke and Hare saw were dollar signs or pound dollar, signs, dollar bills, whatever. Y'all. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, here's your money-making scheme. There's some differences on which murder actually occurred first, but most of the people who have researched it believe that the first was in January or February of 1828, and a miller named Joseph that was lodging in Hare's boarding house came down with a fever and was delirious supposedly Hare was concerned about the dangers of having a potentially infectious lodger and how it would, you know, affect his business. And instead of waiting for him to die, they plied him with a bunch of whiskey and then smothered him with a pillow. Oh, you know, that's how I want to go. Yeah. Why not? I'm just kidding. That's tragic as fuck. That's fucking terrible. Yeah. But at least they got him drunk first. (laughs) Oh, I mean, true. Burke would lay over the body to stop movement and Hare would suffocate the victims. That oh, was how God. it happened. Doing that eventually be called, it became called Burking. It actually got named after Burke. Oh, jeez. Yeah, mm. fucked up. Um, the next was Abigail Simpson, who was a salt, salt seller, and Knox paid $10 for that body. Uh, they plied her with enough alcohol that she couldn't walk home, and she was an old lady from another village who came there to sell salt. Uh, Dr. Knox commented on how fresh her body was, but didn't ask any questions, and paid $10 <laughs> for that body. Top dollar. Yes. It's important to note, because I listened to another podcast that covered this, and one of the people was like, well, how didn't they realize all these people were being suffocated? The doctors, why wouldn't they have it's because of the fucking time. Historian Lisa Rosner commented that the manner in which they suffocated victims, like that method would have been practically undetectable right. until the era of modern forensics. Right. So that's yeah. Why. Yep. They probably just looked like they died in their sleep. Yes. Yeah. And, you know, doctors weren't asking questions at the time. They just wanted the fucking cadavers. Right. Yeah. There was no accountability. Like there were no like no. boards. I, I mean, I don't know. There was probably some kind of like legitimizing body for doctors but it probably wasn't very like but uh, they didn't it was shady as fuck just it was like shady doctors. as fuck yeah yeah um the next uh victim was another lodger from cheshire who fell ill with jaundice while he was traveling to sell tinder and matches you know when i was reading this i was learning about all these weird jobs that these fucking people had and i was like really that was a job to travel and sell matches like, oh yeah yeah man that's wow um So, supposedly, Hare was concerned again about the illness and the effect it would have on the other lodgers. So, Burke lay over the body to stop movement and Hare suffocated the victim. Typical Burke and Hare. Yes. Another elderly woman they invited in and killed in the same manner. They got them, like, all hammered every time. I mean, that, so, was, that was courteous. Like, well, and the, re- the reason they got them hammered, though, was because when they were drunk, they didn't fight back. Right, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was like... So... And it probably made them very sleepy, too. Yeah, so, like, so, they could yeah. have been passing out anyway. Right. And a couple of them did. Right. Uh, yeah. So, at this point, Knox was paying about $10 per body because they were so fresh. And, uh... Ugh. You know, they just continued to do this. They killed at least 17 people, if not upwards of 30, actually, but 17 on record. Uh, Burke met two women in early April, Mary Patterson and Janet Brown. He bought the two women alcohol and invited them back to his home for breakfast. 
Instead, they ended up going to his brother's house, who was renting a a house nearby. And after his brother went to work, they finished the whiskey. Mm. Mary Patterson fell asleep at the table, and Burke and Brown continued talking. But Nellie walked in on them and accused them of having an affair. Burke and his wife fought, and he injured her throwing glass at her. Oh. Yeah. And then, right. And then Brown stated that she didn't know Burke was married and she left quickly <laughs> because she didn't know he was married. She's like, I'm getting the fuck out of here. Right. Uh, Nellie left angrily, too, and she went to get Hare and Margaret. And when they returned, the two men actually locked their wives out of the room. <laughs> While they were out of the room, they murdered Mary Patterson in her sleep. Damn. They took her body to Dr. Knox in a tea chest. And... Uh, Nellie actually kept Patterson's skirt and petticoats because they were pretty. Her body was so warm when they delivered it to Dr. Knox. Mm, That's so upsetting. And one of Dr. Knox's assistants asked where they had found the body simply because, you know, he thought he recognized her. And instead they just said that she had drunk herself to death and they purchased the body from an old woman in Canongate. Because that's fucking believable. Mm-hmm. Knox was being a creepy old fuck. And he was like delighted with this corpse. Mary Patterson was rumored to be like this beautiful girl. And she might have been a sex worker. But that's not validated anywhere. Like mm-hmm. some resources say that. And he was like obsessed with her, I guess. Whenever he got the body. And he stored Ooh. her body in whiskey. In a barrel of whiskey <gasps> for three months. What? Before he finally dissected it. Why was he obsessed with her? I don't know. I don't truly know if it was because she was like pretty and like this young, fresh body, you know? Okay. I don't know why he stored her. I don't know what disgusting things he did with her. If he took her out and looked at her. I, I don't fucking know. That's um, creepy. Yeah. Su- creepy old fuck. Yeah. Um, Brown eventually came back and searched for her friend, but she was told that... Uh, Mary had left for Glasgow with a traveling salesman, which, you know, was not believable, but here we are. Hmm. At some point in early to mid-1828, yeah, this all happened over the span of like a year, by the way. Mm-hmm. Um, Miss Haldane, whom Burke described as a stout old woman, lodged at the Hare uh, boarding home. After she became drunk, she ended up falling asleep in the stable. And she was smothered and sold to Knox. Good God. Her daughter came several months later. And they're not sure if her name was Margaret or if she went by Peggy. She also lodged at Hare's house. She and Burke got drunk together and he killed her without Hare's assistance. Uh, Her body was also put into a tea chest and taken to Knox where he was paid, where Burke was paid $8. Uh, The next murder happened in May of 1828. An old woman joined the house as a lodger. One evening, while she was wasted, Burke smothered her. Hare was not present at at the time in the house, and her body was sold to Knox for $10. Uh, Then they murdered Effie, who was a cinder gatherer, in that, like, she scavenged through bins and rubbish chips to, like, find things to sell. Uh, she was known to Burke and had previously sold him scraps of leather for his cobbling business. Burke hmm. lured her into the stable with whiskey, and when she was drunk enough, he and Hare killed her. Knox gave 10 for the body. Another victim was found by Burke too drunk to stand, so they didn't have to waste their own fucking alcohol on that one. <laughs> uh, and she was being helped by a local constable back to her lodgings when Burke stepped in. He had the balls to step into the constable and was like, I'll take her. No worries. And the officer was like, yeah, sure. Here you go. Hmm. Like, I'm just blown away that this serial killer walked right up to this cop, which is like, let me take the drunk bit, you know, girl home. And like, oh, yeah, that honestly like that. Uh, it should surprise me, but that didn't. I, that's really sad. I mean, you yeah. said that and I was just like, uh huh, go on. <laughs> like, Yeah, yeah, no. Like, she almost, she was almost safe. Oh, that's a bummer. Um, Burke and Hare murdered two more lodgers in June. An old woman, um, this is in quotations, an old woman and a dumb boy, her grandson. <laughs> oh, okay. Uh, yeah, I, I don't know what that was meant, but uh, Burke recalled that in his confession later. While the boy sat by the fire in the kitchen, his grandmother was murdered in the bedroom by the usual method. 
Burke and Hare then picked up the boy and carried him to the same room where he was also killed. Burke said later that this was the murder that disturbed him the most, and he was haunted by his memory of the boy's expression as they killed him. Well, maybe you shouldn't have. Yeah. Uh, The tea chest they usually used to transport bodies was obviously too small for two, Uh, so they were forced into a herring barrel and taken to uh, Surgeon's Mm. Square, where they each got eight pounds. Not their top rate. Yeah. No. Um, Apparently, when they loaded the barrel onto a cart, Hare's horse refused to pull further than, like, a certain area. So Hare ended up having to call someone to help with a hand cart to transport the container. Did they not know what was in it, I'm guessing? No. No. And then when they got back to Tanner's Close, where their lodging home was, Hare was so pissed at the horse that he killed it. What the f- <gasps> Yeah. I'm surprised you even, like, read that Yeah, part. it fucked with me. It fucked with me, but it's important to point out what a piece mm. of fucking shit this man was. He was pissed at the horse? Like, sorry, maybe the horse didn't want part of your sketchy dealings. I was just gonna say, the horse probably, like, knew. The horse was yeah. probably like, this guy's a fuck. Fucking dick. Oh, uh, man. So, obviously, they're drinking, spending all their money, being assholes. Killing people, killing, killing horses. People. Yeah. And things started to fall apart. Burke and Nellie traveled to Falkirk to visit Nellie's father. Burke knew that Hare was running short on money and even pawned some of his clothes before they left. And when the couple returned, they Ew. found that Hare was donning clothes, like brand new clothes, and had extra money. Hmm. Uh, so, Burke questioned him. And he denied selling a body while they were gone. But Burke, of course, went and double-checked with Knox, who, of course, ratted him out and said he had sold a woman's body for eight pounds. Uh, the, the men argued and ended up in a physical fight. Burke and Nellie moved into Burke's cousin's home two streets away. Eventually, they kissed and made up. And when Hare was visiting Burke, <laughs> a washerwoman came to the property to do laundry. The men got her drunk and killed her. Uh, then a few days later, one of Nellie's relatives was visiting and they killed her too. Hmm. Like they just don't fucking care at this point. No, now it's like, it's seeming to be less for profit. Yeah. Yes. Like if, if it ever really was, I mean, I believe it was for profit. I think it's still definitely for profit. I think they're greedy. I think that they kill mm. because that you know what I mean, like. But I think they, they like it. I think. They oh, I'm sure. Really, like I I'm don't sh- even know if they'd have to be compensated. <laughs> right, right. Eventually, uh, Margaret suggested to Burke that they needed to kill Nellie because they could not trust her because she was a Scotch woman. Burke, Margaret, and Hare were all Irish. Um, but he refused to kill his wife. And there was no reason to not trust her. They just killed her fucking cousin. Mm-hmm. And she didn't care. Mm-hmm. Uh, now here is where they fucked up. So before they had only killed people that others didn't really notice to be missing. Right? Not well known. Um, just kind of flew under the radar. Mm-hmm. They targeted a familiar person in Edinburgh. James. Uh, my, my computer fucked up his name. Anyway, his first name was James. And James was an 18-year-old man with a limp that was caused by deformed feet. And he was intellectually disabled and performed on the streets to support himself. Oh, no. He would beg and do, like, a little show. But did people like him? Yes. Yeah. He was, was, like, known among the people. Hmm. Um, He was known locally as Daft Jamie. And Hare lured Jamie into his home uh, with the promise of whiskey. And sent Margaret to fetch Burke. When Burke arrived, they lured Jamie into a bedroom and Margaret locked them all in the room. They tried to get him drunk, but he didn't like whiskey that much. He didn't drink to excess. He actually preferred snuff. Hmm. And he was not as drunk as most of the victims. So he was very strong. And he fought back against the two men. Oh, shit. Yeah. (laughs) Um, He was still overpowered and he was killed in the typical way. His body was stripped and his few possessions were stolen. Burke kept a small snuff box uh, and Hare kept a small snuff spoon that he owned. When Knox and his students examined the body, the following day a few of them recognized him as Daft Jamie. And Knox denied that it was him and stated that it was no one they could possibly know. 
word began to get out that Jamie was missing and Knox rushed to dissect the body ahead of the others being held in storage. Mm-hmm. And he removed the head and feet before the main <gasps> dissection. Ugh. Sketchy, sketchy. And wait, what was the purpose of that? Because his feet were deformed and everyone knew it. <gasps> oh, I so see. So it would, they, they could just be like, this is just another body. Oh God! Yep. So Knox knew, like that's an admission of guilt right there. Yeah. Oh dear. Yeah. Uh-huh. Um, the final victim that's recorded was killed on October thirty first, eighteen twenty eight. Her name was Margaret Doherty. She was a middle aged Irish woman, and Burke led her into the lodging house, claiming that they might be related because his mother was also a Doherty from the same area of Ireland. The two began to drink, and at one point. He left her with Nellie to go buy more whiskey, but really it was to go get hair. Uh, Mm -hmm. They had paid off. They had two other lodgers in the building and they paid them off to go stay in a different lodging home for the evening, claiming they had like family in the area and needed the room. And those lodgers returned to gather some things and they saw the group like hammered, singing and dancing. So they literally saw Margaret Doherty with them. Um. Burke and Hare eventually came to fight again because apparently they just got drunk and fist fought and they ended up murdering Doherty and putting her body into a pile of straw at the end of a bed. When the couple, Anne and James Gray, returned to the home, Anne was suspicious when Burke wouldn't let her approach a bed where she had left her stockings. When they were left alone in the house later that evening, they discovered Doherty's body and fled to tell police. Nellie intercepted them and tried to bribe them but they refused. And as the murder was being reported, Burke and Hare rushed to sell the body to Knox. When they came back, the police searched and found Doherty's bloodstained clothing. And everyone gave different times for when Doherty had left the house. Oh, that wow. was enough for them to take them in for questioning. Yeah, obviously. Uh, the next morning they went to Knox's dissecting rooms and they found Doherty's body. Mm-hmm. A warrant was issued for the arrest of Burke, Hare and their wives. Although the police were sure that murder had taken place and that at least one of the four was guilty, they weren't really sure whether they could actually get a conviction. Uh, police also thought that there had been other murders committed, but the lack of bodies just kind of made it difficult for them to actually solidify that mm-hmm. because they all got dissected. Right. Um, as the possibility of other murders came to the public's attention, newspapers started publishing these crazy inaccurate stories of the crimes like all these speculations and it led the public to believe that all of these missing people had been victims and they probably weren't. Um, Janet Brown did go to the police and identified her friend, Mary Patterson's clothing that Nellie had kept. And a local baker informed them that Jamie Wilson's trousers were being worn by Constantine Burke's son. Constantine was William Burke's brother. Okay. So they had given Jamie's trousers to, his nephew okay. uh, on November 19th, a warrant for the murder of Jamie Wilson was made against the four suspects. Uh, Sir William Ray, the Lord advocate, which I guess is kind of like the state prosecutor, like our equivalent um, okay. focused on one individual to extract a confession to convict the others. And he chose Hare. on de- December 1st. He was offered immunity from prosecution. If he turned King's evidence and turned against his partners. And of course, the snivelly little bastard did it. <laughs> yeah. Knox faced no charges for the murders or buying the bodies. At the trial, they called from a list of 55 different witnesses. And one of Knox's assistances, assistants were actually like called to testify as well. Uh, and he confirmed that two of the two of them had brought in several bodies. Hare turned against Burke on the stand in a hot second and said, oh yeah, and said that Burke had been the sole murderer and he had only helped deliver the bodies. (laughs) Wow. Yeah. And then he had his wife (laughs) enter the witness box with their infant baby daughter who was suffering from whooping cough. And she used those coughing fits as a way to like think through the questions so she didn't like muddle anything up. (laughs) Yeah. Just I can just on. imagine, I just, um, ma'am, where were you on the night of? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Just like, every time she's asked something. <laughs> just hacking child. Oh my God. 
The jury retired to consider its verdict at 8.30 a.m. on Christmas Day and returned 50 minutes later. It delivered a guilty verdict against Burke for the murder of Doherty, the same charge against McDougal, his wife Nellie, uh, but they found that it was not proven for her. And they passed the death sentence to Burke. The judge told him, your body should be publicly dissected and anatomized. (laughs) And I trust that if it is ever customary to preserve skeletons, Yours will be preserved in order that posterity may keep in remembrance your atrocious crimes. Did you say that was the judge? Yes. That was like the sentence he handed down. I love when judges say savage shit. Yes. Yeah. Even back then, that judge was just like full savage. That is hilarious. Yes. So Nellie was released and she returned home. On her way home, she was confronted by an angry mob. Uh, Police tried to protect her. And they put her in, like, police custody, but the public laid siege to the police department, and she escaped through a back window. Uh, They wouldn't let her see Burke before he died, and there's not much about her later in life other than she left Edinburgh the next day. (laughs) I'm out. (laughs) Yeah, she dipped. Uh, Yeah, she did. Yeah. Can't blame her. No. Um, On the 16th of January in 1829, a petition on behalf of James Wilson's mother and sister protesting against Hare's immunity and intended release from prison was given lengthy consideration by the high court of justiciary, but it was rejected by a vote of four to two. So they still let him go, even though his family was like, Hey, he's, you know, he still killed our son. Mm -hmm. Uh, Margaret Hare was released on the 19th of January and traveled to Glasgow to find passage back to Ireland while waiting for a ship. She was recognized and attacked by a mob. She was given shelter in a police station before being given a police escort onto a Belfast-bound vessel. And after that, there's no clear accounts of what became of her. Damn. (laughs) Hare was released in February. After being spotted a few times and almost being killed by riots, he just disappeared as well. What? Yeah. Uh, Burke. He's a little bitch. Yeah. Yeah. Burke, on the other hand, was hanged on the morning of January 28th (laughs) 1829 in front of a crowd of possibly 25,000 people. People literally. That judge was at the front of the line. Mm -hmm. People literally rented out their tenement views. So like all of the buildings around the hanging square, they'd rent out their windows for five to 20 shillings. So people could watch the hanging. See, it does. It does kind of freak me out that. Uh, like, I, I get freaked out when people want to see an execution. But back then, it was like, what else was there to do? And they want to see that judge, that justice. Like, I'm not, I'm not saying it's okay, but, like, back then, it was a different kind of, you know, like, a different environment. I suppose. I don't know. I don't Nevers, think... Have you watched The Nevers yet? No. There's a really interesting public execution scene um, that kind of goes into that. I don't think, though, I don't honestly, I think people would do that now. Oh, for sure. For I sure. don't think, I think it's like, it goes back to like, what is it? The, uh, the fucking like, um, what, God damn it. The public fights in the big arenas. Like MMA and boxing and shit? No, like ancient times. Oh, like, yeah. Okay. I, get, I know what you're talking about. Um, you know what like I mean? fighting tigers and shit and like fucking. Or, or just death. the Roman. Yeah. Just like the Roman, um. Like the gladiators. Like the gladiators. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The gladiators. Like, yeah, I think I, there's, like, a certain, like, just, like, humans. Like, like a primal desire to watch death. I miss that evolutionary cue because that shit, like, I, I could yeah. never do that. I, I, would, I don't like it. I'd be throwing up. <laughs> yeah, I don't like it. Um. Yeah, it's, just, it's, it's crazy to think about, though. That's, like, a. It was, like, a big event, though, back yeah. then. Like people well, would that's line like Ted up. Bundy, Ted Bundy when he got the chair, like he. I also he, think people wanted to see justice, though, or what they thought was justice. An eye for an eye, you know what I mean. I don't think it's okay, but I think that's some people's rationale behind watching it. I think know? so too. I I can't I can't understand it though. I just yeah. I would never want to see justice no. like that. But that's no. just me. Some people yeah. are all about it i don't know well it gets better okay because on february 1st 
His corpse was publicly dissected by no. Professor Monroe. No, it was not. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's gross. The I'm original sorry. professor. Oh, I think it's it's interesting. That's gross. He was an inmate, so his body was fair game. Oh, that's legally it was allowed. Oh, legally, a lot of things are allowed. <laughs> <laughs> um. But Professor Monroe, the doctor that they originally went to go see, is the one who dissected him. <sighs> yeah, I remember. I was like, where's Monroe? Where's he yeah. at? Uh, so he dissected him in the anatomy theater of the university's old college. During the procedure, Monroe dipped his quill pen into Burke's blood and wrote, This is written with the blood of W.M. Burke, who was hanged at Edinburgh. This blood was taken from his head. Yes, in his blood. Lovely. Uh-huh. His body was given to the Anatomical Museum of the Edinburgh Medical School, and it remains there. And a book was made with his skin. Which, what medical school? Uh, The Edinburgh (laughs) Medical School. Okay. It's like in um, their museum. That's his head? Oh, no, no, his whole body. But he took blood from his head and wrote that with a quill pen. Oh, my God. Yeah. So he used the blood as ink. That is some savage. How did the book not make you want to throw up? They made a book with his tanned skin. Oh, no, that's, that's bad. That's bad too. Yeah. It's really gross. That's like some, uh, fucking Ed Gein shit. It absolutely is, but it was justifiable to them. Oh, but that's so. You're tampering with a body. (laughs) Are you ready for your tiny bit of DNA? Okay. Okay. A few years after the anatomy murders, two boys discovered tiny dolls nested into miniature coffins no. hidden in the city park. No, no, Seriously. no, 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 no. I, I retract my last <laughs> statement. I'm not ready. Uh, okay. Theories range from witchcraft to child's toys. Then it seemed that the 17 tiny figures could also be effigies for the 17 murder victims prior. They were four inches long, and they were in the possession of a private collector until 1901, when eight of them were given to the National Museum of Scotland, where they remain. Uh, It is generally agreed that the little dolls are connected with the crimes of Burke and Hare. Uh, The reason they think that is because Burke felt incredible guilt over the murders. He would drink himself to sleep every night and use excessive opium because, like, the murders just haunted him. Wasn't Burke the one that got hanged? Yes. Yep. But so those dolls are haunted as fuck. As fuck. Um, yeah. And in 2005, a DNA test was conducted using DNA extracted from Burke's skeleton to see if they could prove that they had been created by him to help with his guilty conscience. But the DNA results were inconclusive. Oh, damn. So they don't really know if the dolls were from but they have and I they think it was because of his guilt. Whoa. Like his little trophies. Yeah. But uh okay, but that's how is that gonna help you with your guilt, bro? I don't I don't really know. I don't either. And it's it's a little bit of a reach for the people, but like, you know, whatever. Whatever. It's like tiny dolls and coffins. If I saw those, I wouldn't touch that. That's yeah. Not okay. Oh, but I call bullshit on that's going to help him with his guilt. Mm. I mean, you can't you can't tell someone how to grieve, I guess. But like By also, making little doll little effigies, <laughs> no, little effigies for that's them. That's so fucking disrespectful. Maybe you thought that it was making like Oh, Rachel, know. shut the fuck up. <laughs> I, I don't know. I I don't know was that a thing at the time to make effigies of people who died? Oh, I don't know. You know, I, I don't know. This whole scene is a mess. Yeah. So there's uh, there's your story. Wow, that was a that was a doozy. Yeah, <laughs> to be really, honest, it really was. It really was. So there you go. Good job. I mean, thanks. I'm not gonna be able to sleep thinking about these little dolls. Uh, they're gonna come and haunt you. <sighs> they're gonna crawl in your bed at night. Fucking Heron Burke. What right. crazy bastards. Yeah. Pieces of shit. 
particularly hair. Hair's hair's worse. He's yeah. Like I, I get that they're both murderers and they both but suck. No, but like, hair's hair's worse. He's you worse. really ratted out your fucking entire crew. You like sold you piece out, of shit. Yeah, you sold out your bros. You're like a, a piece snitch, of shit. A snitch is pretty bad. Oh, a snitch is really bad, and a snitch is even worse when, um, when they've also done it. Like you're not even snitching. You're, you did the same thing. Yeah, I just that's yeah. even worse. Yeah. Because, like, you're not even like, oh, they did it. You're like, oh, they did it. And you try to wipe your hands of it. It's like, you did it too, bro. Right. Exactly. And you're just going to get off with it. Yeah, dick. Yeah. So, there you go. Wow. That was good. Thanks. Something different. How'd you find out about that? Atlas Atlas Obscura. Atlas Obscura. And then I ended up listening to another podcast that covered it. Not great, but they did. Oh, you were telling me about that. Yes. Okay. Um, I need to look at Atlas Obscura. I've looked at it. I've seen it before um, and I've looked at it and I think I've used it as a resource, but I think that they have some real crazy shit on there. There's some really cool shit. I almost did the story of how cats domesticated themselves because I thought that would have been cool. <gasps> I love that's that. definitely definitely more up your alley, I think. Oh my god, yes. I want to know. Um, and then there was one about a giant hellhound that got unearthed. Um, but there wasn't really enough like it, it would be a bonus episode kind of thing, not like a full episode. Oh my gosh, I really I really want to hear that. Yeah. The so, cat thing. Next time. Yeah, I think you'll enjoy it. Was there DNA? Yes. It's how Ooh. they figured out what cats did to domesticate themselves. Oh. Interesting. Yes. Okay. That was good. Good job. Thanks. Thank you. Um, I started out looking for cryptid stuff. I really want to do the Jersey Devil, but there's just no, there's no fucking DNA. Oh, just do so. it anyway. I probably will. This is going to turn into a part cryptid show at this point. Oh! <laughs> so, um, Anyway, do you have anything for Padded Room? Um, I'm just really obsessed with The Crown, and I'm shocked at myself. I'm shocked at you, too. Uh, You should be, because I really could give a shit less about The Royals, to be honest. I mean... But it's a good show. It's a really good show, and I also... I love history. Like, I'm a total, like, dork about that stuff. So it's just, like... It's literally, like, I'm watching a scene. Pause. Google. See what's real. Most, a lot of it's real. <laughs> like, it's, I'm shocked at how, uh, they definitely took liberties on a few things. And yeah. they, it's not completely nonfiction. I want you to know that that pausing in the middle of the episode, like the show and like Googling shit, that's what it's like for me watching anything with ADHD because I have to Google shit. And like, who's that actor? Where did I see him from? Oh, yeah. I'm I'm just, I'm Googling whether that really, like it really happened like that. Yeah. Yeah. I was, you've watched it, right? No. Oh, you haven't? I have zero interest in it at all. So if you're telling me it's good, then I'll have to watch it. Oh, damn. I'm so surprised. Just because, only because you kind of like British stuff. Yeah. Yeah. I just, I mean, and I love Helena Bonham Carter and she, isn't she in that? Yeah. Yeah. So like, I, I don't know. But. No, I had zero interest in it also. But then I, when I listened to this series about this podcast series about Diana and how dirty they did her, I was like, right. whoa, like, because you you just it, what I like about the show is that they don't just tell this cookie cutter story like oh we're the royals oh blah right Cheerio. it's like party. it's like it's like fucking like adultery drug use like all this all this crazy shit that you just I'm sure that I'm sure that they did not like this show coming out <laughs> oh, I'm sure I'm absolutely sure so I That's feel like awesome. I'm yeah I feel like I'm getting the hot goss on the royals and it's. It's good shit. I always watch everything after it's already been popular. So people listening to this are probably like, um, where you been, Becky? No shit. That show's been on for five years, you dumb fuck. That's funny. (laughs) That's really funny. Yeah, I'll have to, I'll have to check it out. I'm always looking for something. I think you should. I think you should, because I think you might get sucked in. Yeah, I probably would. Yeah. Hmm. Um, did I talk about the nevers yet? Well, you did during this episode. Okay, so The a Nevers little. is amazing, and I don't care what anybody says, and you need to watch it. Okay, what's it on? Um, I think it's HBO. I could be wrong. I don't know. I just put it on. 
What's it about? Can me and Joe watch it together? Yes. Um, it's like sci-fi. Oh, we like um, that stuff. Yeah, it's on HBO. Okay. Um, it's like Victorian sci-fi, like steampunk kind of deal. Um, and essentially what happens is there's this like cosmic event that gives people like uh, weird powers and they call them tricks. Um, mm. And you just got to watch it. You just got to watch it because you're going to it's the whole time I knew something was fucky when I was watching it. And when the twist actually happened, I was like, I fucking knew it. I was like oh, so excited. I love a twist. Yeah. So you just you need to watch it. It's very, very good. But I also love victorian shit and like you know so i don't know you might not like it but i really enjoyed it i'm just i'm not like looking at anything spoilery i'm just kind of looking at it i feel like it's joe's, beautiful i feel like joe's gonna be like it's a chick show it's not it's not there's there's lots of like battle and like fighting and i don't i don't know joey there's watched some s- of it with me i'm just very episodes? impatient yes and there, it's, that's <sighs> the first part and then they'll have the second part Okay. I fucking hate when something's only like that. I know. I was very upset when I got to the episode and I was like, yeah. But um, okay. Well, I do. I like that stuff. Joe might like it. He might be bored. I don't know. I tried to get him to watch Outlander and it didn't work. Yeah. I mean, that's that's definitely a guilty pleasure. I don't know if you take that. Yeah. I mean, it's pretty. I mean, it's pretty like. Not macho. There's just a lot of battling. Like, big battles and shit that happen and lots of fighting. But, like... Oh, and this show... I was talking about Outlander, but... Oh, uh, I'm talking about Outlander, too. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah, that's why I kind of thought... I thought he'd like it, but... Nope. Have you watched Marvelous Mrs. Maisel? Yes, and I fucking love it. Okay. so good. I was just thinking, like, that is up your alley. I want that to come back, too. I'm not real big on the fat phobia in it, but, again, that's a product of the time. It, I yeah, I myself that. Yeah, um, it it's there are definitely some problematic parts, but it's also one of those things where you have to look at when it was based. Yeah, and, yeah. So, uh, my other padded room is that now that we are working out on the road more, uh, I can finally listen to podcasts again because my attention span does not allow me to listen to them at home because mm-hmm. I will not pay attention. Yeah, I feel um, it. so. I finally got to start listening to uh the say hello to the bad guy uh series on al capone oh yeah our friend uh and just chef's kiss i'm on the first i just finished the first part so good i feel like Uh, that's a really high compliment from you too it's it's just so good i actually there was like a fact that like i didn't ever like put together but prohibition started on al capone's 21st birthday Oh, that's some shit. <laughs> and like, I was like, what the fuck? Like, you know, and we know how I love Capone and I, I didn't mm-hmm. even, I was like, what the fuck? Like, it was really cool. So that's why I think I'm learning a, shit. That's why I think it's such a high compliment from you because you know all about that. I mean, not all, but he's my favorite. And like, I study a lot, but like, um, Locke does a very good job and goes very in depth for all of the, the, you know, criminals that he covers. So please. Go listen to them. Not that we've not pitched that podcast to you all 4,000 times, but please do because it's fucking worth it. It's so good. Um, and yeah, so I just wanted to give them a shout out and tell you to go listen to the, the Al Capone episode and every other episode because it's just as good. Nice. So yeah. Um, do you want to do social medias? Do you have anything else? I have nothing else. You can follow us and message us and send us story ideas at our Facebook page was it, which is Chardonnay ampersand DNA. Ooh, I know. Today. Um, Instagram at Chardonnay and DNA. Uh, our email is Chardonnay and G and DNA at gmail.com. Um, we don't use Twitter, but it's at Chardonnay DNA. If you care, we have a Patreon. Um, you should support us so we can stop maybe podcasting from our closets someday. That'd be nice. <laughs> We have t-shirts um, still, like so many t-shirts. Please buy t-shirts. I'd like them out of my house. Oh my god! Can we just like <laughs> everyone start giving them away? That's what everyone's getting for Christmas. <laughs> yeah, here you go. Um, yeah. Uh, also, whenever you're like, you can. I was like, are you telling me that I can do the social media or? Oh, what's no. going on here? I was um, talking to the people. Got it. Got it. Got it. All right. I think that's it. Um, yeah, 
Good luck. Good night. What's that one that I really like? Uh, good night, good luck, get laid, get fucked. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Perfect. All right. Bye. Bye.